Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Thank you for joining the Purpose Driven Sobriety. I'm Christine. I'm an alcoholic. Um, I'm going to have a great conversation with a gentleman by the name of Trey today. Um, But first, I want to thank my sponsor. Um, There is an AA recovery group that is on Facebook that if you want to to be a part of a great community, look that group up and and join in. There is some great sobriety and and wonderful um, recovery there. So, uh, Without further further ado, let's talk with Mr. Trey. Trey, how are you today? I'm doing very well, and yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to come on the show. We um, we had a little a little brief conversation last week to get to get you booked, and so what I I try to do is is it's like okay, I don't I don't want to hear your story before you tell me your story. That way that way I learn it at the same time that the audience does. So so on the show, what what we try to do, and and again, I just I almost hate calling it a show because it's you know it's such a serious subject matter. You know the um, that we, we just basically talk about our experience, strength, and hope. You know, we, we talk about what, you know, where we were, what happened, and what we're like now, you know, what it was like. So I'm interested to hear your story. Um, I'm going to give you the floor and, and tell, tell me what it was like. Okay. Well, um, again, my name is Trey, and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Trey. Um, I will be sober three years uh, this May, May 15th. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, It hadn't been easy. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm just your typical, um, typical guy. Never thought that this would happen to me. Um, Thought I was in control of um, pretty much everything. Um, Classic denial as the drinking progressed, but um, surrounded myself. Uh, around a, a, a ton of enablers. Um, and not blaming anybody, blame myself 100%. But um, yeah, it's, uh, there, there were no signs for me until it was the end of the disease for me. Really? Tell, tell, me, tell me about your family. What, is there, do, do the roots run, run deep with addiction in your family? No. Really? Uh, Father was a police officer. Mother was a nurse. Uh, never missed a day of school in my life. Uh, it was uh, just the traditional suburban middle life of the road class. Um, worked when I was 16. Um, uh, high school. Um, I did get into golf early on when I was young. And that was kind of my passion through life. Um, I would even say I was an avid golfer. I played um, early in high school and then all through college. And, um, yeah, um, I got married, um, settled down, had children. Um, and then, you know, just uh, life started happening. But, again, I started drinking when I was young because it was fun and it was the thing to do. Um, I could drink. I could not drink. I could drink. I could not drink. I could just do the I guess it's normal, but it's not normal. Sure. Um, Teenage stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, play around the golf, have a few beers with the guys, go home, you know, and settle in and go to work and do do the thing. Um, Then progressively, life, you know, kids and relationships got harder, and it was so much easier to just kind of have a few drinks, knock it off, and uh, work started – where we would drink after work, um, and that became more and more consistent. What um, kind of work did you do, Trey? I was in uh, landscaping. Okay. 
outside, and, hot, um, a good cold oh, beer yeah. sounding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Um, just just the good old boys kicking back, drinking a few beers, sure. not hurting a thing, telling a bunch of lies. You know, just, just the normal <laughs> knocking it off. And, um, yeah, I you know, I never really saw anything, uh, you know, wrong with it. This is, I was going to have a few beers, go home, continue my home life. And, and that's the way it was for years. But then it got to be where I was just drinking and drinking and drinking. Not necessarily to get drunk. I could drink to get drunk. That was no problem. But right. that, that wasn't the goal. The goal was just to just to maintain. So I needed enough to just maintain this sense of just basically non-reality. But um, so how anxiety, so, so anxiety tell me free. tell me Trey yep. how how old were you then at that point? Um, so I'm in my middle twenties. Were you, um, what, what was your relationship status? I was married. Oh, were you married? Any children? Uh, yeah. First, first child okay. um, when I was 26. Okay. So you were drinking daily? Not daily, but it was progressively getting more and more. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, did that become, did it become an issue with the wife or the parents? Did did anybody say anything to you, or did it come to your own awareness on its own? Uh, I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying. No. Yeah, I'm, I was. Um, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I was. I was really, really good at it. Um, I, I, I was so good that I, I felt that I was fooling everybody. But I think looking back, um, nobody was fooled. They just they weren't as aggressive of um, telling me that maybe I had, uh, maybe I just drank too much. Right. Um, maybe they didn't want to, you know, shake the tree because I wasn't, at that time, I wasn't drinking and driving. I wasn't staying out all night partying. I was I was doing the day-to-day, getting my stuff done, and I felt that that was enough, but I was, yeah, I was you were You were functioning of, as we, I hate that word. I hate that I word in recovery, functioning. How can you be drinking yourself into oblivion and still be, it just, I was a functioning alcoholic. It's like a, it's like a jumbo shrimp, you know? It's like, that just doesn't even exist. Yeah. <laughs> Except in our minds. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, we're progressing along. Marriage is good. Um it had the typical marriage, financial, um, uh, in-laws, just things. And But yet, uh, the wife at the time was drinking right along with me. So it wasn't that I was drinking. When I came home, she would have a few drinks. I would have a few drinks more. So I would have a few at work and then a few more at home. Mm. And then, you know, as the years progressed, um, again, very boring life, nothing really stood out except lovely children loved had a really good relationship with the wife at the time um and then just the drinking got worse i would drink more on the weekend um i would drink a lot when i was playing golf with the guys um playing golf really well mind you but still drinking a lot Mm -hmm. um and and then it just got to be one it was one of these things i can quit anytime i want to watch this so i'll quit for a couple of days and i'll be like see see i can do this no mm. problem mm-hmm. and then right back at it so with every time i quit and it really didn't hit me until i stopped but every time i quit it seemed to be that i would do more or it would take more to get back to the level that I wanted to get to. How long would you quit for when you're talking about this? I mean, are you talking days? You're talking weeks? What are you yeah, talking about? I, yeah, it depended on, as, so as the situation How and the, the heat was heated in, in, my, <laughs> yeah. in, my relation, in my relationship, it would be. Depends on how mad I you would, are at me. <laughs> absolutely. I get absolutely. you. I get you. Um, so, you know, it, you know, a couple of weeks, I, I quit for a month or so. And then I would go right back at it, and then I would try. I would, I would tell myself, you're only drinking beer. Everybody else is drinking liquor, man. Mm-hmm. Come on, you've got this. you got this. And then I would say, you know what? I'm only going to have wine at dinner. Love a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I taste it right now, which is just wonderful. But um, I would drink that like I would drink beer. And that would get me in trouble. That would get me in trouble. So... 
I knew the signs, I knew the warning signs, but yet I'd go to the doctor and he was like, good bill of health, partner, keep on trucking. I was like, you got that right. <laughs> and of course, one day, how much do you drink? Oh, I have a beer or two here and there. Right. You know? We we never we never reveal right we yeah we That's drink right. a you can't do that mm-hmm. just like everybody you know, somebody else will look, somebody will look down on you yeah um, so um yeah drinking just progressively got worse into my thirties um and then right around towards the end of my thirties my first wife and I split up again um it was kind of mutual um it was kind of just again financial. I'm sure, sure drinking did not help or hurt, but it was never, this is what is causing our relationship right. to problem. Right. You still, so, had the, you still had the one child? Two child. Two okay, children. you had two children uh, by then. Okay, yep. gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so we, we, we finally, we separated for a while. We went to marriage counseling. We did all the, the marriage counseling. I went to marriage counseling probably drunk because I didn't want to go. <laughs> and, and I say drunk, I just... Uh, had that situation where it was just it, it wasn't going to work out, but we tried. Um, and yet, you've got and you've got two two kids two kids at that point. Hi, high school kids, sweetheart. High school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. She, um, yeah, we went to college almost right down the road from each other, and mm. it was the the classic story, um, you know. And it just it didn't work out, but it didn't work out. But today we. We were we were best of friends, and we raised our children uh, separate, but um, it, it was okay. Right. So she remarried, I remarried, but at that time when we, when I was going through the divorce, um, I got a new job. Things were looking better financially, and I was around younger kids who liked to go out and party. And you know what? So did I. Oh goodness. So that really amped up my drinking into something that was, you know, I'm around kids that are, I call them kids, they're 30 years old, but I'm 40. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging around a different crowd, a different decade. And it, it's different in the, uh, the bar scene. So I guess my drinking just really got out of hand from there. And, um, now, what was what was the situation with with that second wife? Did she drink, or was she concerned, or where, what was her status during that time? She, she was she was definitely um, a, a drinker, um, an enabler. Um, we had a great time; everything was good. Um, her parents were um, a little bit more financially stable, um, and they drank um, very. I call them professional drinkers because. They knew exactly what they would have. They would have champagne right before dinner. They would have white wine kind of hanging around, red wine with dinner, and then mixed drinks just kind of in the sitting room after. So, Goodness. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of like a – that was every time we went over their affair. Wow. Yeah, so I, I kind of stepped back from that a little bit and was like, I can't keep up with you guys. And so I would just drink beer here and there and maybe have a cocktail or a glass of wine at dinner, but still I was drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our relationship, um, I, I thought we were doing, you know, pretty good. And we had a child together. Um, and lo and behold, you know, I, you know, she, her career was booming. She was going forward. I was doing very well where I was at. Um, but internally, I don't think she was happy. Uh, the reason I know that is we're not together anymore. Right. Um, and I think drinking had a lot to do with it. Um, even though she drank, I probably drank worse and I probably was not as nice to her. Um, but there's a caveat in my story that I'll get to in a minute that probably really just kind of threw her over the edge. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I let's let's go. We're at um, we're at uh, 2020 January. I had in December. I had left my job that had been there for eight years, um, doing very well, and I started my own business. So I started my own business at the beginning of COVID, unbeknownst to everybody. Oh no! And, oh, and it was going fantastic. I was. I was, I owned my own chemical lawn care operating business and I was 
just knocking it out of the park. And um, I wasn't just quite feeling well. And I went to the doctor and we did a physical and he said, you know, yeah, nothing really stands out to me. Um, but, you know, just keep it this, lose some weight, stop drinking, blah, 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 blah. So the months go forward and I just did not, I'm not feeling it. I'm sluggish. I'm just, um, I'm not doing it. So I went back to him in May and took another physical and another panel of blood work. And he personally called me back the next day and said, I'm not that's never sure a good. You, that's never a good sign. <laughs> he said, I don't know where you are what you're doing but i need you to go to the hospital right now i do not need you to go home and pack a bag i need you to go to the hospital oh wow so I, went to, I went to the er and i didn't wait they took me right back and they started running a whole bunch of tests and um i i was in full-blown cirrhosis of the liver dang full-blown so from the panel work in january where there was no um signs of you know elevated enzymes that you hear about and elevated that it was no it was from hero to zero in five months so first so so do give us an education trey for for the for yeah. those that for, for those unfortunately that are on that path and headed that direction um or that you know um have a family member that that is possibly exhibiting those symptoms what what is cirrhosis of the liver what what is that what just tell me what that is Cirrhosis is a, a, a disease that's, um, that's, it's funny. It comes in, in many forms. Alcohol is just one. And so if you have the word cirrhosis of the liver, um, that's, that's kind of what you're looked at. Um, it, it's just the, the degeneration of the liver. It, it's failing. Um, it's not filtering anymore. Um, the blood that goes through doesn't, doesn't filter, um, toxins build up. That's basically what cirrhosis is. It's basically just kind of rotting away. Mm. Early onset of cirrhosis, you can, um, your liver does kind of, you know, regrow. It, it heals itself if it's not too far gone. Mm -hmm. um, fatty liver um, is part of cirrhosis as well. Um, so the the stigma and we'll get to this in a little while the stigma is uh, if you're if you need a liver transplant uh, and you have alcohol well basically you've done that to yourself right and which isn't which isn't all the, always the truth the truth i mean that's not always the case right it's not but <clears throat> now you have a different you have non alcohol cirrhosis then you have regular alcohol cirrhosis then you have liver uh, cancer. You have a fatty liver that, re that doesn't uh, regenerate. You have hepatitis that can cause the liver to fail. So there, there are a lot of things that cause a liver to fail that you would need a liver transplant. Sure. I just happen to be in the stigma of alcoholic cirrhosis, and it happened overnight. Wow. It did not happen overnight. It was, it was uh, determined that. Um, it just showed its head. And when it showed its head, it was a, it was a mess. And you can ask any of my doctors, um, medically, medically, I am not supposed to be here talking to you. Really? I bet you were scared to death. I was so scared. I didn't know what way, what, what was up, what was down. So there was so much that happened. So I got the diagnosis in May. And they were like, we need to start to get you on the transplant list. Now, that's where, so if anybody out there is listening, you know, just just educate yourself. Talk to people that have been here because it is, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy different road for everybody. There's no two scenarios that are the same. I live in the state of Virginia. In the state of Virginia, in order to be on the transplant list, to, to, to even join the UNOS where they start even acknowledging, looking at you six months waiting period, period. And mm. you have to be, you have to be clean for six months. And I'm telling you, they test you like you wouldn't believe. And yeah, so we're here in um, May and that's kind of my May 15th. 
kind of start days. My last day I had a drink, um, but it's kind of my six month trial period of this what's going on. Mm-hmm. So months are progressing, I'm getting sicker. Months are progressing, I'm getting sicker. Um, and I remember a bit here and there, but again, we're in the middle of COVID. Oh we are my in gosh. The, we're in the we're in the dead middle of COVID. And um, a lot of my clinic stuff was uh, Zoom face-to-face. And I was like, don't you really need to see me? Because I'm really sick. And they're like, yeah, you're yellow and this and you're, I mean, I was, all the jaundice, all the, all the symptoms and signs are going on with this liver failing is what's happening to me. So I'm going through, um, you know, just the summer of just, I, I, it's the middle of summer. It's, it's 100 degrees here in, in Virginia, and I'm bundled up in a blanket freezing to death mm. because the blood is just, just just not being filtered correctly. It's mm-hmm. just, everything is failing. So progressively getting worse. I'm in and out of the hospital like nobody's business. No one can come see me. Again, middle of COVID. Um, and God help you. Oh, my gosh. Gosh, help you if you, if you got COVID during that time. Exactly. I mean, I can't even imagine what that would have done to your system. It would have set me back. Oh my because gosh. We, did, we didn't. We didn't know. It would have set me back months. I didn't have months, and I didn't know this until later on. So, let's fast forward to October. October, I'm home. It's Halloweenish. I don't know anything, and then all of a sudden, the day after, I'm I'm back in the hospital, and I remember being in the hospital, but I don't remember getting there. Um. I remember waking up and I, I was septic. Um, uh, it was just, I was letting go. My liver was just about done. And it, I went into this thing, it's called HE, hepatic encephalopathy, And it's where ammonia levels rise so greatly into your body, basically like cooks your brain. Mm. Uh, so without your liver functioning, you're not filtering any of the ammonia or any of the other toxins for that being. So you have to take this special medicine, and the only way you can um, uh, get rid of it is to basically poop it out. And right. you have to go like eight, nine, ten times a day wow. just to keep just to keep the ammonia levels down. So I did that for about a month in and out of the hospital. Uh, it was just an awful mess. Meanwhile, my wife is taking care of me because it's COVID. She's basically had to quit her job and I'm falling down the steps. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm awful. Finally, I get into the hospital and a local hospital here. And, um, that was, that was it. My kidneys were shutting down. My liver was shutting down and it's still Thanksgiving now. Um, I still need about another two weeks to be six months over. You know, I'm, 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 I'm there. I'm, I'm almost there. And when they mean six months, they mean six months. They're not going to list you. You will die. Oh, you can't even go on the list until you're six months clean. Oh, wow. So it's not like you've been waiting all this time on the list. You're waiting to get on the list and then you don't even know what's going to happen when you get on the list. Correct. Wow. Now that's the Trey. state. Of, that's the state of Virginia. There are other states that have different. I, I don't want to use leniency, but they have different, different rules. Yeah. Stats, mm-hmm. Rules. Qualifications. Yeah. So, so um, I needed to get to my transplant hospital, which was the University of Virginia. I needed to get there, but I couldn't get there because they didn't. It's not that they didn't want me. They just couldn't do anything for me until they had a plan in place. Mm-hmm. So I left, I left here in town and I traveled to UVA on Pearl Harbor day, December the 7th. And I got started. Um, and they, and they read you, they, they rate you with a meld score. A meld is zero to 40. And again, this meld score as, as medical science is progressing that they have different levels of meld score where you're going but basically 40 is you're done yeah that's it mm-hmm. so they they did my meld score when i first got there and i was about a 35 so i was like all mm-hmm. right let's go so they they listed me um and they said you know it's just 
it's going to take some time, but you need to do, and this is what my hepatologist in Richmond said, you need to do everything you need to do to be able to survive the surgery. You're that sick. So, and I wasn't eating. I'd lost about 85 pounds. Um, you know, it's, it was, it was a mess. So, um, <laughs> uh, we move forward. I'm on the list and I'm, I'm hearing bits and pieces about there might be, there might be, there might be, but, um, yeah. Um, the, uh, 12th of December at 10 30 at night, the doctor came in and said, how you doing? I said, well, it could be better. I guess he said, yeah, he says you need a liver um, in the next 48 hours. So this is December 12th. I said, okay. He says, you're not, nothing's going to happen to you, but you will not be well enough. You'll be too sick to survive the surgery if something happens. So basically said in 48 hours, we're taking you off the list. And he says, you probably will not make Christmas. And I was like, I I have kind of like a, a short sense of humor. And it was just, it was, it's been so much that I looked at him dead in the face and I said, man, that sucks for you. He says, do what? I said, yeah, it sucks for you. I guess you drew the short straw to come in here and tell me this crappy news. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, oh, my God, dude. He says, I love your attitude. So here's here's some of my drive of the story. I'm sorry. I'm kind of. No, let's let's pause. Let's pause for just a second. Tell tell me. Tell me right quick. Where where was your where was your faith at that point in time? Did you have any faith at that point in time? <laughs> You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're getting ready to get right on it. Absolutely. Okay. I grew up in, I grew up in the church. Um, I was, um, uh, the cross bearer. I was an alkalite. I sang in the choir. Um, I wasn't as strong as I could have been. Um, children were, you know, baptized and confirmed in the church. I mean, I, I had a pretty strong faith. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'll lead right into it that night. He had just left. It's about ten thirty, and he says we're going to call in the morning again. The only person that could come in this entire time was my wife. She was the only person I saw. I hadn't seen my family in months, and they were going to call him in the next day. So I mean, we're at, we're at the end. This is this is this is D Day. So I went to sleep, and I was like, okay, let's go. Let's just come on. And I went to sleep. And the only thing I remember was walking this wonderful path of garden and light and Pandora-esque. I can't describe how beautiful the colors were. I haven't seen this vivid color in years. I haven't smelt in years. Um, just, And I'm walking forward. And I'm not alone, but I don't see any presence um you know, specific presence, but I, I knew I was not alone. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm walking and I'm walking and I, I don't know where I'm going, but again, I know what's ahead of me and it is just awesome. It is awesome. And um, I keep going and in my mind, it's like, just don't turn around. Whatever you do, do not turn around. And I was like, okay, yeah, just keep going. So I'm walking and walking. I feel like, you know, years I'm walking and uh I stop and I kind of shrug my shoulders and I'm still just in awe of everything and I stop and I look back over my shoulder when I look back over my shoulder I woke up the nurse is on my bed shaking me wake up wake up they found a liver oh my goodness you have to accept it now I was like, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what's going on. I was somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, my wife at the time was on the phone. She's like, they've, they've got one. They've got one. And I was like, okay, okay. So they started the process, started the process. But thinking back on it, it was just, you know what? If that's what happens to us when we leave here, I'm okay. Bring it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So would you, you know say what? that that was like a, so did you just, at that point, you just surrendered? Yes, absolutely. To, to whatever, you know, it, at that point, it's like you had done, you had done everything humanly possible to get your body 
you know, right again. And it, it, when it just doesn't work, it just doesn't, that's when you, you just, yeah. When you surrender, I mean, it's, that's a, and, and I, I had given in moving forward. And, uh, as, as I was walking, I told my priestess, I said, I felt the sense that everyone, even though I didn't physically see people and hear and that, uh, I felt that everybody basically got like a reset. We were all reset. So, wherever we're going now. And I was just like, I was so comfortable and happy and just, it was okay. I, of course, I'm very glad I'm here today, but I, I enjoy telling that story and there's a lot more to it, but that's, that's kind of the gist of it. it there's, there's a higher power out there. And he's my God. Um, he's whatever people make it to be, but there's, there's just, there's, there's so much good out there. And again, if that's if that's what it is, uh, you know, I'm ready. And I'm ready, and I think that's kind of set some of the uh, where I am from that point to where I am today because a lot has changed. Um, I'm sober. I'm divorced. Um, the uh, most awful thing happened um, a year ago. My first wife. Um, died. Oh no! Sorry to hear that. And and um, I was becoming friends with her again after my surgery. She had divorced her person. Laura, uh, my my wife had left me, and um, we just became friends. Nothing romantically, just back to friends. You know, back. I took her to Disney World. I took her and my two older kids to Disney World because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I'm going to celebrate my one year anniversary there, and then. She had passed, so I've been kind of, you know, raising these two. But my strength and um, my my faith um, allows, you know, everything that I do going forward to have purpose and try to make just the just the best out of it. And I and I want my kids just to see that um, even though life throws just absolute crap at you um you know you can make what you want out of it and do the best you can do you get beat up absolutely but um i'm i'm, I'm just kind of living proof that you know there there is more than just what we see at hand mm-hmm. um, i guess the struggle i have in the alcohol side of it is just the whole oh the judgment the people, the, they're so mean. They're so mean. I didn't, I didn't sign up when I was born and I was going to be an alcoholic and I was going to ruin my life and ruin other people. I mean, no one does that. It's just this disease that's out there. And it's, and it's so incredibly hard and terrible, not just for me, but for everybody that's involved. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, I, the the friends I've lost just because one I've I've had a liver transplant I think I think one that they're scared that it might happen to them <laughs> two they don't want to drink around me which is fine but I this is my problem you you guys have your own problems mm-hmm. if you want to drink you you're 21 knock yourself out um, I I have to tell my kids that you know if, if I would think that they would be like, that's the furthest thing that they would ever want to do, but they're also kids. I get it, but just be careful. Just mm-hmm. Really be careful. Take care of your health and just know what's ahead of you. I had no idea. I was blindsided. Absolutely blindsided. I was uh, just a, a good, happy drinking person to a, a functional alcoholic, as we say, to death row. And it was like, wow. That just happened, and I look back, and it just seems like yesterday. And then, I don't know we all do this, and we all play that. It, um, uh, it just, uh, it, it, I, the, that's the frustration part to me is just, I, I have, I have told my story, I've lived it, and I, and I don't need an attaboy. I'm so proud of you. I just need other people to just stop being so mean. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, so do you work a program 
a recovery program. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I well, and you know, that was another, that was, well, that was the only reason that, that prompted this show is I am sick and tired of people um, feeling shame with this disease. Um, this right. is, you know, th- just like you said, this is not something we signed up to do. This is not something that, that, um, you know, we, we draw great joy from. This is a disease. And if you don't mm-hmm. agree with that, do your homework because you're wrong. Um, this is something that, but, but, but the beautiful part about that is there's, there is a solution. Um, there is a reprieve that you can get and, and there is, there is recovery. It is, it is a disease that there is no cure, but there is recovery if, if the, if the individual is willing to do the work and, um, it's a, it's a beautiful life on this side of it. And, and I just, I refuse to, I I tell my story and, and, you know, I, I say, I recover out loud. Um, I, I will not feel shame, uh, for something that I had no control over. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I have responsibility now, Right. Because if I if I don't do the work, I'm right back to where I was uh, burning my life down and everybody that loves me. Um, But as long as I'm doing the work, um, the benefits that have come from that have just been beautiful. And it's a beautiful life. It's a beautiful life. It is. It is. I I am. I am just ecstatic where I'm at. I'm my kids. I've never seen them more happy. Both of them are graduating. One from college, one from high school. Um. The youngest one is, is knocking it out of the park. I, I mean, things outside of me, um, I'm, I'm just, I've just come off the disability, so I'm looking for a job. That's tough, but I'm happy to be doing all the positive things. But yet, the frustration comes is, oh, you had cirrhosis of the liver, alcohol cirrhosis, and they gave you a liver and not somebody that has hepatitis. And I was like, man. That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah, that's you, not how yeah, it works. Yeah, well, here's the deal, Trey. You have a choice whether you sit and listen to that kind of garbage. I, you and just, I don't. You know. I don't. You know, but it's it's. I, I really don't pay attention to it. I just I don't want my kids and my other friends to get wind of somebody who was an acquaintance of mine just blabbering off this garbage, and it's just that's the frustrating part of it is, is let people recover and be happy for them that they're, they're moving in the right direction. Don't be angry because maybe some of your life is, is messed up and you're taking it out on somebody else. Well, and that's, I, and that's just it. I think, I think, you know, we have to, doggone, I mean, we have to give the grace, you know, we have to give grace because people don't know what they don't know. They, they, right. you know, there, there is, and, and that's where I think it's so important that we continue to talk about it and we continue to bring it out into the light and, and, and continue to attempt to remove the shame, you know, that, um, and, and, and just allow people to be where they are and who they are. And yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's just a, yeah, it's a terrible disease, but there's a solution and, you know, if, if, so tell me, tell me what is your life ne- like now? I mean, what are you on medication or tell me, what is it like to have a transplant? I mean, is that a lifelong hmm. thing or what? I, I, I'm it, ignorant it, to that. No, no, no. It's, uh, um, it, it's a, it's a statistical thing. It's, uh, it's a, it's a thing of each individual person's journey is different. That that's the way it is in life. But Mine just happens to be that my liver was so damaged that I needed a complete um, liver transplant, and I got one by the grace of God, mm-hmm. as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, something I struggle with internally, and I don't mind sharing. I don't know my donor. Um, I would love to meet my donor's family, um, but I do know that my donor was a pediatric patient, mm-hmm. which means, yeah. Now, my son is considered a pediatric but he's like six foot one, two twenty. So right. I get, I get, I get the, the, but it's still, still a child, right? And a young person. And, mm-hmm. and the doctors were telling me that they, they don't really want me riding roller coasters at least for the first five years because they had to specifically hang my liver in the cavity because it was a little bit smaller, which mm. leads me to believe. Was, yeah. Anyway, so that's I, I, I live with survivor guilt. So you asked me where I'm at today. I live with survivor guilt, and I and I accomplish my day to day moving through um, through therapy, of course. Um, 
and through my sponsor and my um, my friends and my classes and my groups, um, my peers. And um, I, again, I, I'm I'm on the I'm on the up now. Back to the transplant. Yes, uh, the medicine I take is for life. Uh, I have to take drugs that com- compromise my immunity because it's a new thing in my body. And my body is like, uh, excuse me, mm-hmm. what are you? Get out of here. So I take drugs that uh, keep it from attacking it. So, yeah, the common cold can take me out. Uh, a, a scratch on my hand that I don't know about get infected it can take me out in a second because i don't have those natural immunities in my body anymore and that's not just me that's all all transplant people as you progress and you grow and you go through it um you can step down on the amount of um immunosuppressants that you take um i haven't been at that level yet um, because my liver loves exactly where it's at. So mm. my liver, my liver doctors are like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> we're going to leave things alone because they, they've moved it around and I went into rejection. So they immediately were like, okay, wait a minute. We, we can't do this just yet. Uh, the downside of it is, um, some of the side effects, uh, my teeth are falling out. Um, my kidneys are pretty bad. Um, that, that's probably next on my list, uh, possibly looking at a, a kidney transplant. Um, but they're at a point where they're not great, but they're not terrible. So mm-hmm. let's stay right there. So um, lots of water drinking, lots of exercise, lots of, lots of things to think about, you know. And as you're thinking, you all go back to, why did I drink? Why did I do this? Why did I do this to myself? Now, again, hindsight, would I have done this knowing? I don't know, probably. I think my addictive personality allowed me to do just about <laughs> anything that I wanted to do because I, I just I craved it, you know? Well, and look, um, luckily, that's what that's what a program of recovery does is 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 it yeah. is it allows you to to work through those things. And I want to I want to talk to you, though, about about something you said that that has stuck out to me that that I don't, I'm not going to use the term bothered me, but I want to talk to you about that, about survivor's guilt. You know, I, what, I, what I want you to know is that even myself, you know, I, I just I just got 11 years. There are times and, and I'm going to tell you that I'm sitting here with my cell phone in my hand and I have a sponsee that's suicidal right this minute. Um, mm-hmm. that her family is texting me and, and I'll, I'll head there as soon as I'm done talking to you, you know, but, but the fact of the matter is, is, is this disease kills people. It kills people mm-hmm. in car wrecks. It kills people when, when they, um, you know, act out and then they fall down a flight of stairs and break down. It, ki- it, it kills people through cirrhosis of the liver. It kills people daily. So, mm-hmm. so it's one of those things that, all of us that are sober, all of us that are living a recovering, recovering is what I choose. I don't use to, I don't uh, choose to put a D on the end of it, recovered, because I, yeah. I, I want to be recovering until the day I die, because I, I'm constantly learning new things. But, but that survivor's guilt, you know, it says, it says in some literature that we read that nothing happens in God's world by accident. Nothing right. That nurse on top of you going, you have a liver, you got to get it. You know, you're, it's coming your way. That was not by accident. You, nope. you, that wasn't luck. That wasn't, that was, that was God's choice to keep you on this earth for, for, for a little while longer. Who knows? Who knows? Your kidneys may fail. You may be hit by a Mack truck tomorrow. You know, we, we just, we don't know that. So that puts us right back to, to living one day at a time. Just as, as in the, in the, in the larger book that I like to read it, you know, it says, give us this day, our daily bread. You have one day today and I have one day today. And someone that has not had a a liver transplant or someone that's still in recovery or uh, in, in addiction and someone who's the normal person still has the same day, the same 24 hours, you know, so, so that survivor's guilt, I hope that you can, um, 
you can work through through that and be able to put that behind you to where that gratitude is just beaming. And and I'm so, I ain't your mama, but I'm so proud of you for being willing to tell your story. Because again, you just never know how God's going to use you um, to reach that other person, you know, that, that is on the cusp of about to make that turn, that's going to hear your story, that's going to change the trajectory of their health and thus their life with their family. You just never know. So that's why we have to keep talking. We have to keep being truthful and honest and vulnerable without shame, you know, with, with this addiction, um, and, and, and the talk about it, you know, it's just, um, we just, we can't stop talking about it. You're, you're right. And, and you hit the nail on the head that, um, I'm here for a reason. And my first wife is no longer here for a reason. And I try to explain to myself that, that reason is going to be revealed one day and it will all make sense. Mm-hmm. And I tried, tried to try to help my children with it is the hardest thing that I think they watched me die for a year. Then they, and then they lose better. their mama. Mm. And then their, their mom is gone. Wow. And now it's, and now it's like, I don't know what to do with them. And I'm like, I, I, I'm doing the best I can. I, we're a year or so down, and and it, that wound is still open. It's still hot and fresh, but but we're making progress. We are we are moving forward. And the kids, man, there was a zillion. Freaking, I put them against anybody. Well, I and cannot the, believe. And the beautiful this, thing about that is is the is the is the more you get healthy, the more you work your program, the more you work with your sponsor, the more is revealed the better off your kids are going to be because they need yep. that strong pillar of a dad that they can bounce their little kids self. I know they're like little babies, but that they can <laughs> bounce off of when they're feeling crazy and stuff. They need to know that you're strong. And the only way that you're going to get even more stronger is by continuing to work your program until the day you die. And Absolutely. they benefit from that. It's just, it's gorgeous the way it works. I've got five kids. I'm, my, my oldest is 30, currently 35 years old, and my youngest is 25. So, so I mean, they, they're, and they're just as batshit crazy as I ever thought about being. God, and if they're listening, I, I love you, children. But, but the fact of the matter is, is that this run, this, this addiction, these roots run deep, man. You know, and, and that's what I've told them of, of, of you guys, one or two of you is doomed. So, you, you just, just like I'm sure you're telling your kids, you better be, just be yeah. careful. Is it worth it? You know, but even past that, you know, working a program of recovery is more than just not drinking, right? Drinking was our solution, right? Sure. You take the solution away and Katie bar the door. Someone's, yeah. you know, someone's going down. I mean, it just, it, I can't, I can't imagine taking my solution away and then not replacing it with some type of way of living with myself without wanting to kill myself, you know? Um, and, and, and what's, what's so amazingly beautiful is when you work that program, you know, the kids see how you're now handling situations, which used to baffle you. You, you're, 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 you know, it's, you're doing, you know, they see that there's something, something's doing for you what you couldn't do for yourself. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful how they notice those things without you, you know, pointing them out to them. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm making these good decisions. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing how it works. It is. It is. And it, it goes back to what I said. I'm not trying to be negative, Nancy, but it, they get the distractions of the negative side of it, sure. too. And, sure. and I'm like, look, and, it's, and you know, I guess what really burns me is its own family. I'm like, stop. I'm trying. We're trying as a team to, you know, take one step forward. I know we've had a big blow, but, um, I, you know, let's. Let, I, I'm I'm the most positive person in the world. I'm you know moving it forward. I'm moving the needle. I love. I've been using that ever since transplant. You know what? Today I'm moving the needle just a little bit further. I'm going to push forward. Um, I'm not going to lay flat. I'm going. I'm going to get out. I'm going to make it happen. Are there going to be setbacks? Absolutely. There going to be times when you just don't want to do it. Sure. Why not? But don't let that distract you from the ultimate rage of moving that needle just keep moving it. and you know I, I i lead by example 
and I had I led by a terrible example, but hopefully, you know, some of the the good that I've been doing um, will will pay off and shine in the end. No, oh, you know what? It's not. It's not maybe. It's it's absolutely one hundred percent not maybe. It's a it's a given. It's one hundred percent one hundred percent guaranteed. If you do the work, you get the benefit. Period. Period. I've you know yep. I've only been at this gig for eleven years now, and and I get to you know go into a room of recovery twice a week. I still meet with my sponsor. Um, I I, I still get to have this way of living, and I'm telling you that I have one hundred percent of the time. If you put in the work, the promises come true, no matter what. No matter what. I agree. So I mean, it's just you know, dude. I'm just I'm so proud of you. Keep doing the deal. Um, stay in touch with me. I want you to, you know, I met Trey on social media and, and, you know, say what you will about social media, but I'll tell you what, we have a community, a, a recovery community that's just um, beautiful for the most part. And when there's, when you get some sass holes, you know, Trey, you just block them. I mean, I mean it's just that that's simple. Right. That block button just works perfectly. You know, just there, oh. we have to remember that we're, we're, we're a group of sick people and, and we can't, we, we got to stop expecting people to act well when they're sick. You know, I mean, it's just, um, we just, we, we've got to give the grace that we needed at one point in time. And that quite frankly, we still need today. So just keep doing the deal, stay in touch with me. Um, and I'm just, I'm going to pray for you and your children. And I'm just, I'm so happy that you're doing well. Well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to uh, talk. And if, um, you know, anybody has specific questions and you want to pass my name along, feel free. I mean, I've been there and I wish I would have asked more questions as I was getting sick and I was moving through my process. So um, if you're in my shoes or been or getting close, um, get some help and then just ask questions, 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 questions. Um, And don't wait. If you're feeling bad, you don't wait. I mean, those, that's one of the things I remember when I first quit drinking, I was terrified to go to the doctor because I just, right. I thought, Ooh, I don't want to know, but you know, then again, but for the grace of God, there go I, that, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't completely destroy my body, which is an absolute miracle, complete miracle. But, uh, the, the, the body will rejuvenate and, and it will, it will heal and thank God for modern medicine. But, but Trey, I appreciate your time, darling, and I will stay in touch with you. Thank you so much for being on purpose driven sobriety. Um, keep coming back. Thanks a lot, Trey. Take care. All right, doll. See ya. Thanks for listening to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Keep coming back.